then we'll just get into it. Sound good? Gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass, uh, the first official podcast-only episode in a while. Uh, we're glad to be back. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by Zach Mack and special guest, driver of the Puck Puck Pass pod car in the uh, ERSCA Mr. Damian Leininger, right? Yes, that's, that's right. Leininger, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad to have you. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, obviously, with the quarantine and having more time on our hands, Zach Mack and I were doing the Call of Duty YouTube and uh, Twitch for a while. And we're going to keep doing that uh, when things get a little less busy uh, for both Zach and I. Uh, but we asked you guys on Twitter for your hot takes and and basically all your opinions going into what looks like it could be the end of the season. And uh, so we'll get into those. But first, I want to talk about iRacing and what you do sounds like six times a week uh, over the course of four days, Damien. Tell, tell the listeners, if they don't know, uh, what it is about iRacing that's really like kind of captivated part of the sports uh all sports fandoms right now. Uh, I think it's just the fact that, you know, iRacing is it in all of sports. It's kind of one of the, uh, per, for the racing side, probably the closest thing you can get to the real thing. Um, you know, like playing NBA 2K, it's not, you don't get like kind of real basketball. You know what I mean? It's that. Kind of just, you don't get real playing <laughs> or, I mean, just any of the sports games, really, you don't get the true real factor of playing. With iRacing, it's more of a sim-based thing. You know, you're in the car, you're in the cockpit. I mean, any little movement, you know, you take a corner too hot, you, you drive in too deep, the car reacts to that. And, you know, the little bumps in the track, the car reacts to that. It's just every little thing is, is pretty much down to detail of what the regular kind of racing is just in the virtual form. Yeah, because it's not like, you know, when we play NHL, we're using a controller. Uh, but for anybody that doesn't know you guys basically have like your own cockpit set up, right? And some people have like three screens for a really wide field of vision. Um, and you're like legit in a race car setup. Yeah. Like um, some people use desks with like a computer chair and the, you know, the pedals just on the floor and stuff. I have a little, little rig I bought from online. I mean, it's not nothing pretty, but it, you know, it has a little stand for the pedals to go on and a little thing with the wheel and an actual seat connected to it. Um, you know, some people I know actually do race it with like an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller. Um, it's definitely a lot more difficult, but but you can do it with that as well. I have a question. How did you figure out that you were good at this? Uh, I at the beginning I wasn't good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So it uh, I just randomly one day, you know, I had been watching kind of stuff on um, on about iRacing, pretty much just on YouTube and stuff, and I wanted to do it and. Actually, it was one of the years that I uh, I started working and I kind of got my first tax refund back. And I was like, you know what? I think this is a good time that I, I should dive into this. And I had a computer built. And 
and stuff. And I really actually sucked at the beginning. Uh, me and my buddy were racing on my setup, and uh, we didn't know that you know if if you intentionally wreck somebody, you can get suspended. So I found that out the hard. <laughs> that's that's actually really funny and i always felt this way as and maybe i'm wrong but or maybe i'm just bad at racing games but the more realistic uh like nascar games and need for speed and forza the more realistic they got the harder it was to play on controller yeah like it was it was just way too hard to control your car and judge um whether you're trying to give it gas brake drift everything that they added to these games it was it was like a controller wasn't enough hardware to play it effectively yeah i never tried it with a controller just because i was like that just doesn't seem like a good idea to me so i mean i bought some little cheap wheel i think it was like a hundred bucks for the wheel and pedals all together um and now i've upgraded but you could definitely tell at the beginning um it's i couldn't do it with a controller so i don't know how people do and i know people are really competitive in it and i i bow down to them on how they do that zach did you ever play any uh racing games on playstation yeah i mean when i was well need for speed is not really racing but that was <laughs> that was uh the most fun but like i tried like the forza stuff and like that's why I asked how he figured out that he was good at it because I was like you said I was awful. At it. I couldn't like the more realistic it got, the harder it was, and I gave up eventually. I just gave up on racing games. I should have gone with the wheel yeah. and pedal. I gotta give credit to to multiple people that I mean I've had this for about three and a half years now, and it really took me about about a year and a half to kind of grasp um, everything about it really. And then I finally got with a good group of people that were uh, they'd be willing to take the time and actually you know, go into a practice session with me and, and really teach me what I was doing wrong, you know, and give me tips on car control. And then from that point, it's kind of just refining your own, you know, your own skill about it. And are you, a, are you like a huge NASCAR fan? And if you are, were you before you got into iRacing or did it kind of come with getting more into iRacing? Oh, no, I'm a huge racing fan. I actually raced for a couple of years just at my local short track and my family's just always been racing people um even before i was born so kind of just in my blood about nascar and in racing in general yeah i i never got into racing myself like actually racing cars but my dad uh was a huge nascar fan when i was growing up and we would watch the races and i would always pick whoever he hated the most at that current time and uh much through my teenage years, it was Kyle Busch. So I just kind of stayed a Kyle Busch fan. Uh, but I wanted to bring this up first before we get into the hockey hot takes. Why do you hate Jeff Gordon and subsequently also hate me? <laughs> uh, I It was just kind of known in my family that because um, we were Earnhardt fans, you know, and, and when Earnhardt and Gordon, they kind of had a little rivalry going, so. When I was a little kid, I guess, I think it was one time, Gordon wrecked Earnhardt, and I just, like, looked at my mom from the TV, and I was like, that guy's a punk. <laughs> I don't like him. Like, he's a punk. I don't like him. And just from ever from that point on, he's been a punk, and I just I just never was a fan of his. That's how I feel about Sidney Crosby. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my dad was a huge Jeff Gordon fan for the, the longest time, and, and still is. Like, he still watches NASCAR just to hear Jeff Gordon commentate. And like I said, I was a Kyle Busch fan in spite of 
my dad's fandom sometimes, but I I always get a funny look when I say I'm a Kyle Busch and a Jeff Gordon fan when Jeff when Gordon was still racing because they're they're polar opposites. And yeah, Jeff could be a punk, but I always got the impression that Earnhardt fans were a little bit afraid of what Gordon's legacy could have been if he won one or two more championships. Like as the second best racer behind Petty of all time. See, I was, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really grasping enough of when Earnhardt was, you know, in and racing and stuff. I was born in '96, so oh, okay. I kind of, I'm too young to kind of understand what Dale Earnhardt really was. You know, when when he was passed away, when that accident happened, I was only really like four at the time. So I really didn't even grasp it, and then kind of I just grew up on hating Jeff Gordon the rest of the time. So I just never <laughs> thought he was good, no matter what he was doing. That's that's fair. Hey, that's very much a hockey mindset. So you're in the right spot. Like that's that's very much how hockey fans <laughs> uh, think. All right, yeah, we ready to get in, into some uh, some hot takes, Zach? I know you're excited for this. Yeah, we're gonna some hot takes. Obviously, we got a. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the race at the end. Um, all right. What did you have any uh, particular order? Or did you have one in mind that you want to start with? Zach? Um, yeah, we, we can start with uh, well, let's get the okay. So, first of all, we put out uh, for those of you for the listeners that participate, thank you. We put out a question most controversial hockey take, let them fly. We got a few. Um, I'll start since we got Damien here with the Ducks one. I thought, and I don't know if you agree or not, I'm, I'm interested to get your your take on it. The, the, the Ducks went from the, the best uniform in the NHL to the worst. I think they're the worst uniforms. Disclaimer, I didn't know Damien was going to be on. He's a Ducks fan. <laughs> I, that. I honestly, I like both of them. Um, I do think their older one is better, but I'm, I still do like the the new one. The newer kind of form with the logo and, and the black with the orange and stuff. I might have just been bitter that they changed off of the old ones, honestly. Do you, Probably. I know, so KJ, obviously the Blackhawks get thrown into best uniforms, but have you ever thought of who has the worst uniforms in the NHL? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think about it a lot only because I get a little bias of kind of what you said, missing an old logo. Like, I miss the old Sabres uh like Buffalo or whatever it's called logo, like the red and black. I like that one. And I know it's not really popular, but like, so I don't like the Sabres current logo in, in Jersey style right now, but the, the Anaheim case, I think you're spot on with that. And I, I don't know how controversial it would be because it's the, especially the way you word worded it. It makes the most sense. Yeah. That's Poor why dog. I added that the, uh, well, going from going from best to worst, I think helps because a lot of people liked the old ones. But I also added that Washington was a close second. I hate Washington's uniforms. Do you miss the eagle? Yes, I do miss the eagle. Uh, that that was a good one. Uh, there was one. I think Mike Brown sent it, and the every team needs an enforcer. I uh, I I think right now. He might be right, but I don't think you need an enforcer to win. I just think you need an enforcer to like be a hockey team. 
like because guys need something to rally around and it's just fucking stupid but that's the way that's the way it is <laughs> i know you're gonna say that at some point as a i guess as a fan of hockey you're a fan of hockey i would assume damien um yeah do you like fighting or do you not like fight? what side of that spectrum are you on uh i think it's i think it's a good part of the game for one reason and that's just to keep the fans on board like, I feel a lot of times, like, people just kind of lull in the game. But, like, when the fight happens, that's when they are like, oh, my God, you know, and they and they kind of get the team back into the game, per se. I, I think fighting is one of those things that I talk about it getting phased out a lot, and I probably overuse it. Um, but DJ on Twitter, he brought, he just brought up, he straight up brought fighting in the NHL as a controversial take and uh, missing the seventies and eighties. And I just think as players get smarter and more skilled, the up and coming generation will always see that as more important than fighting. And eventually hockey will go through kind of what baseball went through in the sense that it's like, there's a lot less attention paid because it lost a major part of what people like about it. But overall, I think, I think enforcers will be gone and fighting will be at a minimum and also more punishable, but less accepted, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. I think that's a, it is a controversial take amongst, you know, the younger crowd. I think people, we could use the analogy of the ducks uniforms, you know, it's just people who saw the fighting when it was in its prime in hockey, they're going to miss it. So I, I get where he's coming from. I, I think you're right. It's, it's phasing out. I think the people are going to realize it's better without it eventually. But I could see the nostalgia, I guess. What about fighting in NASCAR? That seems to have picked up in the last uh, few <laughs> years because oh. the mid-2000s was very bland. Yeah, there's, there's more tempers. There's more um, egos nowadays than there was, I think that might just have to do with like the kind of maybe because of the social media presence and, and just more of being connected to fans and stuff and, and kind of just knowing that there's going to be a reaction to everything nowadays. You know what I mean? Before, if there was a fight, nobody would really react to anything. You might just see it on the TV and then you would just show up the next week. Well, now you get a fight and then you, you know, you log on to Twitter and you just see everybody raving about this fight or bagging <laughs> on you because of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely I know what you mean. more nowadays. I mean, me myself, even as a racer, there's a lot of things that happen behind the wheel that really piss you off. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever get out of the car and just want to go over and actually punch somebody. I know I thought it, but I don't think I'd actually ever do it. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. how how, uh, how deep does it run in eye racing? Like, are guys holding grudges from one race to the next? Or oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, we had. Like I was, I was talking to you guys before, I had that long race last night, and with about twenty-five laps to go, somebody took out the leader, and uh, it was all hell had broken loose on the track for <laughs> those last like twenty-five laps, and and just even after, you know, it was just like, well, anytime I'm around him, it's over for you. Like you won't you won't ever pass me clean or anything anymore. Like 
which that might cool down over time, but there you definitely you definitely don't forget who does stuff to you. That's awesome. Uh, be- before I forget, and I've want I've wanted to ask uh, an actual driver this for a while since starting to watch the ERSCA racing and everything. How do you feel about the green white checkered uh, two and done rule or however it works? Ex- yeah, explain this to me. <laughs> so. So what it works is pretty much, at least on the iRacing form, if a caution happens within the last five laps, right? What it used to be is once the caution came out within like five laps to go, the race was just over. You just ran the caution laps out and that's how it would finish, right? And now, so the green-white checkered pretty much means that, you know, we'll extend it on and you're going to get two laps of green flag racing. So the race can actually end under green with people racing and not just under caution, right? So the two and done rule, it's... I think it's a better idea because I did have a league one time that was just like, well, you know what? We want to re- end every race under green. So we had a unlimited amount of the green white checkers. And I think the race went about an extra hour and a half because Ugh. we could get that done. Um, and it wasn't in the Ursk league. It was one of my other leagues that I, that I run in. Um, but the, I think two is a good compromise. You know, most people either do one or three. So we're kind of in the middle of that. You know, we don't want to give too many chances, but you know, if something happens, we do understand it's kind of like the, the end of the race and people are trying to make moves to get, you know, those finishing positions and get better points. But that's pretty much what the green white checker is. And I think, I think we do a good job at least in the Erska with the, uh, with the two. Yeah. And, and green white checkered finishes in uh, live NASCAR is, crazy exciting in its own right i i i don't know i just think two is a little low even for an actual nascar race like i feel like especially restrictor plate racing like you're gonna get at least two attempts at the green white checkered um, well in nascar i think what they do and i could be wrong with this because they've changed it within the last couple of years and they, they keep changing rules all the time but in real nascar they have it's pretty much once you take the green flag, if you come around to get the white flag, then the race is official at that Yeah, point. the next flag is the final flag, flag. Or, yeah. But if a caution comes out before that, I think they allow them to do unlimited tries. I don't Which, think they they really cap it at a number. I can't imagine they but I guess I've only, I've never seen like 5 attempts. Um, but I'm sure. I'm sure if it if it had to go five, it it would or it has in the past. Um, all right, back to uh, kind of an interesting one. And Zach, I'm interested to get your opinion on this because uh, I I know how you feel about regular season overtime. Uh, Kevin Wilson says, why is it necessary to have one set of rules for overtime in the regular season and another for the playoffs? Uh, Zach, what what do you think about that? I like this one uh, because I'm very much on the side of it should all be sudden death, continuous OT. And, but I realized the way he worded it, I realized why it's necessary. Guys are just going to get way too tired. Too many games end in a tie and 82 games is a long season. By the time he gets to the playoffs, you get so many injuries. So that's why it's necessary, but I'm still on board with going continuous OT, shortening the season Anything that gets us continuous OT in playoffs and regular season, I'm on board for. I like this controversial take. My worry is the NHL would actually listen to 
an argument of why do we have two different overtime formats, but go the wrong way and do like, you're right. Playoff overtime should be continuous four on four. Because as much as I like three on three overtime in the regular season, I understand the necessity uh, in history of five on five, and it needs to stay that way. So I, I feel like this is one of those is- issues where you just you don't poke the bear and just take your three on three and take your five on five in, in the playoffs when it really matters. Because, I mean, we're still getting a handful of games that end in the shootout. I feel like if still going back to the 10-minute three-on-three argument, you're going to get more games that end in overtime and people will feel like three-on-three is doing its job. And guys like you, Zach, who don't love three-on-three might feel a little better about it. That's a good point, not poking the bear, because you're right. I mean, that's why, I don't, that's why it doesn't sting so much, because we still get the five-on-five five in the playoffs when it matters. It's the people who are like, nitpicking, like the three-on-three three and the shootouts, what the effect they're having on the standings, and, and I get that. But that, that's why people probably are asking that question. It Speaking of playoff uh, NHL overtime, Damien, I know hockey fans don't always uh, watch too many games that don't involve their own team. Uh, and the Ducks haven't been in the playoffs recently, but have you caught any of the Stanley Cup playoffs the last couple of years? I really haven't. Um, and that's just because of the fact that pretty much NHL coverage in my area is really crappy. And I don't even really know like when the games are on because they don't really like there's no real coverage like, oh hey, look, like even a playoff game, like this one's on at this point. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like if I see it on TV, then I'll, I'll I'll click it on, but I don't really ever know when they're going on, especially when without the Ducks being in it. But uh, <laughs> like I can't even regularly watch a hockey game because the Ducks switched out of my area and they went to like the San Diego type area, so they pretty much just took all their coverage off of my TV. And anytime I try and even tune into a Kings game. Oh, that's disgusting. We're just saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's like on a horse racing or something. Like it'll even say like Kings versus Sharks, but then you click it on and it's on like horse. Racing. And I'm like, what the heck? And then the NHL Network with my cable provider, they're pretty much just like, well, you don't have the package for it, but if you want to get the package, then you have to like kind of switch, because we used to have what was called Bright House and now it's Spectrum, but we have the Bright House package still. So we're like, well, that channel's only a Spectrum channel. I'm like, but I have Spectrum. Well, if you want that NHL network, you have to like switch over and your bill's going to go up like $100 a month. Yeah, nobody in California is paying 100 bucks a month to watch hockey. Yeah, exactly. The Kings lose out to horse racing. That's the greatest thing I've learned today. Yeah, I mean, it's great as being a Ducks fan. I mean, I'm like, dude, I'm going to watch that film. Yeah, it's, it's brutal, especially when the NHL, like, is sometimes forced to put playoff games on the golf channel. Like, yeah, that just can't happen in, in expected people to tune in, in non-traditional markets. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. Uh, Zach, we're going to get to some that you also won't like. Uh, Belly up Kev, who still has his name is St. Louis battle Hawks analyst. Uh, <laughs> not even officially a team anymore. Rest in peace <laughs> to the XFL. Uh, the Bruins were going to win the cup if the season wasn't postponed slash canceled. 
nothing against Kev, but there's no way that's controversial in my mind. Yeah. As far as a take. Yeah, I was going to say, hard to argue. Um, I think, you know, from the start of the season to when it was paused, uh, the Bruins were the best team. I mean, you could pull out chunks where Tampa was the best team or a chunk where the Avs were the best team or even the Blues at a time were the best team. But from start to finish, the Bruins were the best team, I think. You'd have good odds with that. Yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of people – I mean, the same way that a lot of people thought the the lighting were unstoppable last year. Obviously, I wouldn't have picked the the Bruins to be oh, yeah, you know, say, Stanley I, I, Cup I, champions. I but, he's totally wrong, but <laughs> yeah. But I do feel like he'd have a, a lot of the experts on on his side. At least Jeremy Roenick would be on his side. Uh, also, Boston related. Does California hate Boston at all? Like, does that get out? towards California like for, uh, for the Patriots or the Red Sox or anything I think everybody just hates the Patriots I mean it's just that's just nationwide <laughs> uh, I think mo- mainly more in my area because there's a lot of Raider fans so you know the whole tuck rule game so that's oh, even man, yeah but uh no I think more of our hatred is towards like New York because you know both the big markets type deal um and Probably like Texas. Like a lot of people here do not like Texas. Really? So is, there, is, there, is that a college? Is that a college football type atmosphere out there? Like I just think when I think of hating Texas, I think like Longhorns suck. Uh, it's like Longhorns, and then it's like um, Spurs and Cowboys. Oh yeah. The I guess because my area, you know, Lakers and Spurs have had a rivalry for so long. So that's the thing. And then the Cowboys, like who doesn't hate the Cowboys? If you like the Cowboys, you suck. Um, so it's kind of more of that. I don't, there's not much hatred towards Boston. I mean, really outside, you know, maybe the, the Celtics and, and the Patriots. I, I can't imagine. And Zach and I both lived in Michigan, which is most known for Detroit sports, you know, in in the sports world, at least and maybe university of Michigan football, um, but I, I can't imagine being from an area that has so little like nationwide rivalry, like text, like say it's just Texas and New York for California. Like that's because you're not worried about all these other places. Like the lions and Browns fans get into it because they've been competing for worst team in the NHL. The, the red wings don't play well on the West coast because the sharks and abs and, and Kings and they don't play well on the East coast because of the Bruins and those, you know, and they haven't won in Philly in like 25 years. Like, I feel like the, there's so many teams climbing for notoriety in New York and LA or even Southern California as a whole. They're just, they're just on another level. I never think about that. Well, and I think more for like the California side, I feel like most of the rivalries here are more like in state rivalries. You know what I mean? So like you have, the Dodgers and the Giants hate each other. You know, the Lakers and the Clippers have really started these last couple of years, started hating each other. The Ducks and the Kings, they really don't like each other. Or the Ducks and the Sharks, they don't like each other. You know what I mean? There's a lot of kind of like in-state rivalry stuff that kind of like pushes away everything else. Because, I mean, even if you look at like college football, like you were saying, like um, UCLA and USC, they don't really like each other. You know, and and it's just... I think it's more focused on 
in-state rather than just like nationwide. Yeah, you definitely don't get that in, uh, in, Mich- in Michigan. I mean, Michigan and Michigan <laughs> State a little bit. Uh, and I know Zach and I are both on the Michigan State side of it, but that's just that's just a wild concept. Like Philly hates everybody. Like they don't really have specific I – mean, the Eagles and Steelers don't love each other, but I wouldn't even call that – you know, they only play once every four years or however long it is. Just, it's not there. Um, but I didn't want to get too far away from Boston because we have another. I think this is pretty controversial. Uh, but Jackson says if Pasternak were to win the Rocket Richard this year or this season, he would also win the Hart. Uh, if he did not, he wouldn't. And Damien, just in, just in case you don't know the verbiage, uh, the Rocket Richard is most goals and the Hart Trophy is MVP. Okay. Um, and obviously Pasternak had a great year. Uh, but Zach, you actually reacted to this tweet, and I want to hear what you think about it. Because I – so often I get triggered by Jackson's takes. And this one made me think, like, he might actually be right. I don't know that of all the candidates, Pasternak deserves it. But I could see if he won the Rocket Richard – them giving the heart to Pasternak. And I, I, I don't think I would have considered that until he said it. That's why I liked it. Because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the side of dry side, but I, I guess it would have depended on how, by how much he won the Rocket Richard. If it ended now, obviously he didn't win it, right? Is it Matthews? The Richard, I, I don't know. I think it is Pasternak right now. I can, I can look while you vamp, but. I, uh, it's, I mean, most cool. I, it, it, I wonder how often I know Ovi's won the heart, but I don't know how often they give the heart to the Rock to Richard winner. Pasternak and Ovechkin are tied. Okay. And Matthews is one behind him. But I mean, it just goes to say like, if the, if the Leafs were to hold on and Matthews were to win the, the Richard by three, I mean, you remember a couple months ago, I was barking up the tree of if, if he's going to do that and, you know, these guys are going to get hard trophy consideration. So should Austin Matthews. Uh, but I also feels like it, it's not that MVPs can't MVP candidates can't play together. Um, but if posture not this good, I think that, we might be overrating Marshand a little bit. Like I, I do feel like that's a situation where one uh, can only be so good, depending on how we feel about the other. Not all situations are like that, but that's how I, that's the vibe I get from that Boston line. I like that. Got to have one or the other. I don't know. uh, I, I'd have to say no, not on that one. I don't, I don't, and I don't think there's, too much of a discussion to be had, really. Oh, okay. I'm 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 on the side of I think he might might be right. I think he might be for once might be right. For once. Yeah, I, I mean I don't I don't hate the idea. Um but I just don't I just don't think it, it's there. Um the last one I have my on my list and we if we think of any in the meantime we can keep going, but uh, this wasn't really under the scope of the controversial takes, but uh, the Blues signed a uh, four-year ex- or signed 
Marco Scandella to a four-year contract extension, and Luke tagged us in the tweet and said Petrangelo is gone, right? And I don't quite see it yet, but that, I mean, that's a pretty damning sign that that Luke could be right there. Yeah, I mean, his his cap space is quote-unquote gone. Uh, I don't, I mean, they could move pieces, I guess, to keep him. I don't. Uh, I don't know how much in love with Petrangelo the Blues are. I know. I know he's an important piece, but obviously Scandella was important. They liked what he brought, and I saw a lot of Blues fans are happy that Scandella was resigned. So I don't know. Maybe it's time for them to move on from Petrangelo. Yeah, I mean, he's he is not 2017 Alex Petrangelo. He's right. not even two, 2018 Alex Petrangelo. But and he got his cup, so you know, sayonara. Yeah. He's kind of, I mean, he lasted a lot longer than Shattenkirk. And a lot of people thought, you know, Shattenkirk was the anchor for that. And Trangelo kept it going, but they're still, they're still so good defensively. It, it, it's crazy. Um, any other takes, any other hot takes, NASCAR or hockey related from you guys? I'm interested. Ooh, NASCAR related. You just threw that one at me. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't not know. Just off the top of my head, I, I'm not a big. I don't really make hot takes a lot. <laughs> kind of just listen to everybody else and like, yep, I agree with that one, or I don't agree. With that one. <laughs> I oh, I just I just thought of this. <laughs> you said uh, hearing an, uh, a racer say hot takes made me think of uh, hot tires, which made me think of pit stops. And I was wondering how pit stops and iRacing work. Like, is that just like luck of the draw that you get a good pit stop? Or is there something that goes into that? Or is it a standardized time? Um, I think, I mean, it's kind of luck of the draw a little bit. I mean, the, they do vary some. Um, I haven't figured out if, if that is anything that we can control by the way we get in or whatever. Um, I do know, like, we have a little pit sign to where, like, we can stop on it. And if you stop a little too far back or a little, if you go too far forward, you have to like back up. And then that's, there's like a box you have to, even inside the box, you have to kind of stay within certain guidelines for the pit crew to be able to just the way they're coded in to be able to work. And if you're off a little bit, like they have, they have to move back some or to the side some, it, uh, it does slow it down. But I think if you get like perfectly, if two people get in perfect, it's sort of a generalized time. I would say it's probably within fractions of a second. Um, can vary barely. Okay. Yeah, that that was interesting to me because I know, like, I think I remember playing one of the NASCAR games where, like, part of the career mode was upgrading your pit stops. And I didn't know if, like, iRacers had, like, based on your performances each week, if it helped you, like, get better pit times or anything like that. But, no, that doesn't that doesn't vary anything. They're they're pretty good at pretty much keeping everybody on like a level playing field. Um, you know, like what we do is we do like fixed sets so nobody can really adjust the setup. So everybody's running the same thing. The pit crews are all the same. All the cars have the same horsepower. You know, pretty much as where in real life that's not the case. It is it automatic that like, because Zach and I have been seeing a lot of NHL players playing the NHL games uh, on Twitch and whatnot during the quarantine, and 
obviously that we talked about how that doesn't really uh, translate to to real life success at all. But is it automatic that it, like a NASCAR driver is going to be good at i racing? No, it's not automatic that they're going to be good at it. Um, they can get better. Like I don't know if you guys obviously you said you're a Kyle Busch fan or are of some sort, right? Yeah. So he didn't even know what i racing like really he wasn't even on it until probably a month month and a half ago maybe and if you you know in a real life he is a probably the best talent driver that is in the sport um and arguably you can have this argument one of the greatest drivers of all time if not the greatest right he absolutely sucked in his first i racing race with all the other professionals around him and he's practiced over a I mean, you just see streams and constant streams of him practicing and practicing and practicing. And then a couple weeks ago, he was, you know, running fourth at one point. So it's not automatic that you're going to be good, but you can definitely, if you're a real driver, you can definitely pick up on some stuff a lot faster than other people can. Interesting. Do we do we miss anything, Zach? Did we miss anything? Nah, I think we covered all the hot takes was. Everything hot takes wise. Uh, Damien, sometimes we end the show uh, talking about what we're watching, what we're streaming, what we're binging, everything like that. And especially at a time like this where we're always looking for, for something new. Um, I'll ask you guys what you're watching for the rest of the weekend. Uh, Damien? Uh, probably just iRacing. I mean, <laughs> I do, I'm doing a lot of that within the quarantine. Um, I don't really have certain like shows. I just binge. I just kind of play video games and iRace pretty much a lot right now that's the dream what about you zach mac i'm getting more into iRacing. i saw that they do it they're doing it seven nights a week right there's races yeah they're trying to do it as um a little bit more and you know they're starting to get more media coverage with the pros not being able to do anything now so uh they're, they're pretty much doing it every night of the week some form of it at least if it's dirt racing or uh asphalt racing or road or or something i'll probably tune into that that's what i'm i mean that's the most sports i get and i it it gets me on the edge of my seat. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun, uh, especially to watch, especially when there's a, a puck puck pass car out there and it, it's a damn good looking car. If I do say so myself, I'm actually um, working on right now. What'd you say? I'm actually working on another one Ooh. for, uh, that I hope to have done for Monday's race which kind of will let me transition into the race that you guys are sponsoring on Monday. Yes. Hell yes. At, at oh, Dover. You guys are sponsoring. It's what I think it's the one seven puck puck pass one seventy five. Yep. Yes. So, so that's, it would be Monday night um, on SIM TV on YouTube, S Y M TV um, with the Erska pristine auction series. Um, hoping we can get you guys a win. Finally, I've been, I've been close this year, but I uh, just haven't been able to pull it off just yet. But I hope to have the new car uh, done sometime this weekend before the race so I can uh, show you guys and we can get this one going. Hey, it, it, listen, a, a win is, is very important. But if you pull off a win on 420 in the Puck Puck Pass, Chevy, <laughs> is it a Chevy? Uh, yes. Yeah, we're the Puck Puck Pass Chevy on 420 in the Puck Puck Pass race. Uh, 
it's an unbelievable career accomplishment. You might be able to hang it up after that. We're going to have a heyday. (laughs) (laughs) And the cool thing I almost forgot about when I was reading that it was the Dover race is the, is um, Dover's nickname, the monster mile. And I just think that's so badass. Yeah. And it'll be, I've, I've liked the track of Dover for a very long time. It is probably one of the most technical tracks you have to, um, to race on because it's a complete different surface. It's a concrete type surface where most of these are asphalt. Um, and the concrete kind of makes the car react in a different way. Um, and it's very tight coming off of one corner, but very loose coming off the other. Um, does concrete stay cooler than an asphalt track? And that does uh, track temperature affect you guys? Yeah, track temperature affects us a lot, especially with us having, um, like I said, fixed setups, not pretty much having... Um, you know, nobody can adjust what their setup is. All we can really adjust is kind of what our own steering ratio and kind of brake bias, you know, how much brakes in the front and how much brakes in the rear. That's pretty much all you can control the handling of the car with. So uh, the track temp definitely, definitely makes a huge difference. You want to you wanna try and get out there, especially during qualifying when the, uh, when the track's kind of the lowest temperature. That's why you kind of see a lot of people wait until longer or or longer into the qualifying session that we get to make laps because usually the uh, the track will cool down even a degree or two within that two minutes. That makes a uh, a huge difference on picking up maybe even a tenth of a second. That's so awesome how real that is. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's so cool. So for the, um, uh, for the viewers that are watching, if you can't spot the red puck walk pass and you're better with numbers, Damien drives to 12. Did you did you get to pick twelve or was it assigned to you? Yeah, yeah, I got I got to pick twelve. Twelve is a uh, been my number since I was a sophomore in high school. So okay, so the 12. which is weird because that's tenth grade and it's really messing with my head that you didn't pick. 10. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, and another thing I wanted to say is I don't know how many of your guys is, um, you know, listeners or whatever are actually on iRacing or whatever, but Erska is putting on an outlaw race um, for our all-star race so pretty much what it is is a ten dollar to enter it's going to be a 50 laps with the xfinity card at myrtle beach it's going to be sunday may 10th at seven i think that's seven eastern time so it'd be four pacific um fifty dollars to win that race and whoever wins that race actually gets to go into the erska all-star race and get to race the best of the best in erska so anyone can race in that race Yes, it is. It is ten dollars <laughs> enter, and anyone can get into that race and have a shot at winning fifty bucks and, and getting into uh, to the race where you know you could possibly race me or any of the the top guys that are that are in this league. Man, I wish they'd put like a hundred fucking cars on the track for that. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, Myrtle Beach is a it's a really small track. It's it's like maybe a half mile, so. I think oh it's a little smaller, so that's kind of like the Bristol, which you guys were watching a couple weeks ago. Yeah, oh, that Bristol uh, race was intense. Uh, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> I, uh, I, you want to talk about being mad after a race? That was one race where I was definitely not happy. Was that the race that you came away with no front end or rear end? Yeah, and I got wrecked from the yeah. lead and dropped from twentieth back to second with no front end and no rear end. Hey, hey, no car has ever looked more like a hockey car than than yours <laughs> that night. So I was all for it. I felt like I was missing my two front teeth. 
Uh, well, everyone who's listening, thank you guys so much. We hope you're uh, safe and, and doing well in quarantine and binging all the great shows and, and trying to keep yourself occupied. I know it sucks, but definitely tune in to some iRacing, uh, the Earth, Erska Pristine Auction Series. Uh, check out Damien. He's at the real DBoy12 on Twitter. Um, and thank you guys again so much for uh, for listening and, and check out the Puck Puck Pass 175 at Dover uh, on Monday night. Hang in there. And uh, for Maria, for at It's Zach Mack, don't forget new Twitter handles, uh, and at Hosted by KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod, a Belly Up Sports Network podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZapMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod.